Hi, I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, knitting, cross-stitching, what I'm reading and watching, and a little bit about self-care, productivity, and keeping a cozy, organized home. I've got my cup of tea in hand, so grab yours, and let's settle in for a chat. This is episode 109. Hello friends! Oh my goodness, it's so good to be back here in early January 2024, if you can believe that. I often forget, so let's talk about my cup of tea. I hope that you are in the position to grab something fun to drink while you are are listening. Um, My cup of tea is Harney & Sons Black Currant Tea. It's one of my all-time favorites, and I'm drinking it out of this absolutely gorgeous handmade mug that um, Ben's girlfriend made me for Christmas and it is so it's a perfect size it's perfectly my style and she's she makes absolutely beautiful mugs I have three (laughs) hers and you know whatever the most recent one is my favorite so this is now my new favorite but I use and love them all so that's really fun you know it's fun I think on the last episode I talked about um kind of just going through different spaces, getting stuff cleaned out, ready for the holidays. And my Lazy Susan is where, right next to our our stove, is where I keep all my tea and spices and the baking stuff. And so it was getting a little overrun. So I was making an effort to really finish off um, different tea, you know, like these different canisters of tea, so I would have a little more space. So I really blew through um, the, the tea that I have that comes in tea bags because it was easy. And so now I, I, there's a lot more space, but all I'm left with is loose leaf tea, which I know I brag about for a lot. It's like, I really prefer loose leaf tea. But um, Harney and Sons, their tea bags, the bigger tea, I think they call them tea sachets, are just loose leaf tea in a really high quality bag. But um, so I don't mind using those, but it is more expensive. It's more economical to buy the loose leaf. And so I'm, I'm back to making um, my tea with my Tivana, what's it called? It was called the Perfect Tea Maker. I'll put a link in the show notes if I remember. I know I talk big about doing that and sometimes I forget things, but it, it's really cool. You just put like a spoonful of tea in it. You fill it with boiling water and let it sit. And then you set it on top of your teacup and it just drips the tea into it, leaving the tea leaves, the spent tea leaves in this little device. And when you buy high quality tea, you can use those tea leaves more than once. So I will sometimes do that, you know, for a cup of tea in the morning and then a couple hours later, refill it with hot water and and make another cup from it, which really makes the loose leaf tea a lot more economical. So, um, but it is a little more work and a little more cleanup than a tea bag. So I'm just really, um, every time I open up the cupboard, I'm like, ah, oh, it's all loose leaf tea right now. But I am enjoying some things that I hadn't for a while. And this black currant is one of my all-time favorite teas of theirs. So anyway, so there's my cup of tea. I hope you guys are, are drinking something fun. Well, welcome to 2024. Wow, it's been about a month since my last podcast. So obviously a lot has happened. We had Christmas and New Year's and the kids came home and now they've all gone again. <laughs> <laughs> it was um, it was great to see them all. They all sort of trickled in one after another, and then they trickled out in the same order, basically. <laughs> um, so that was fun. It was, I got to tell you, so the kids are now at this moment, 21, 23, and 25, and it was the easiest shopping year ever for Christmas because I really, um, well, each of them very conveniently wanted 
something large or um, a contribution towards something large. Like they also had a pitch in because it was it was more than we, we, we would do for a Christmas gift. Um, but they all wanted something large. And then I just decided that besides stockings, we, they would each get two other gifts to open. So there wasn't a ton of gift openings. Matter of fact, I think because my husband and I did not do large gifts, we had more things to open. So it just like once we figured out what those two other gifts were, I mean, it was it was awesome. And I was completely, you know, shopped and wrapped and everything under the tree by I don't know, like the 17th or something, which that has never happened to me before. I kind of didn't know what to do with myself. I'm used to feeling a little overrun. So this is like kind of my new normal, I guess. Um, but it was it was great. They all came home. Um, two kind of notable things. The one thing that uh, we got our youngest, Ben, was, and this was one of those ones where he had to contribute to it. We got him an e-bike um, just because for where he is, um, or he goes to school and he works by school. It's very hilly. Uh, it's it's hard to park on campus, and so it taking an e-bike between work and school, or even from where he lives to those places, is just so much easier. Um, we've tried. He's tried bikes. He's been he walked, uh, you know, an hour and a half a day <laughs> um, to to get between these places uh, first quarter, and um, so we got an e-bike, and. Um, we got this one from REI, which I normally, I'm not really an REI person, but it was a, it was a, he found it and it was a very good price for what it was. And, um, so we had it for about two weeks before Christmas. And so I got a chance to ride it and oh my gosh, it's a, I forgot what the, a level one, um, which means there is pedal assist, but you always have to be pedaling. There's no throttle. You can't just ride it like a motorbike. You always have to be pedaling and it um, caps out at like 20 miles an hour. Um, but it was so fun. It's like having this like benevolent giant come behind you and just help you, just push you. Oh, I'm going up this hill and let me just make it a little bit easier for you. So we, my husband and I both got really excited about that. So I think our birthday is in um, March and I think we might get e-bikes for ourselves. And I just, the the like opportunity started just popping up in my head. If I had an e-bike, could I ride it to Target instead of driving? Could I, you know, like what, how could I integrate more bike riding into my life versus um, driving? And um, so anyways, I'm kind of excited about that possibility. Plus, um, I've always wanted to do the full, um, I guess it's 34 miles between Ojai and Ventura, there is a very nicely manicured bike ride um, that is, I thought it was 15, but I just read today, it's 17 miles each direction from Ventura, which is a coastal town. It's a little bit uphill to Ojai. And we always start in Ojai. So, and we go down to nine miles to this place called Foster Park where we turn around and go back. So it's an 18 mile bike ride. Um, but the last nine miles are uphill when you're tired and that's always been <laughs> hard. So just having an e-bike, I was thinking we could do that full thing. Oh, hi to Ventura and back or vice versa. And I'm very excited to try that. So that might be a fun little thing in our future. The other fun thing I got was a an espresso maker, which I have been wanting for a while. Um, it is the DeLonghi Stolosa 
which after some research is really like one of the best values for an entry-level machine. Um, you can actually, I forgot about this and, and didn't have my husband buy it this way. You can get them often on Facebook Marketplace for like 50 or $60. Uh, if you get it off Amazon, I think it's about 80 um, And I've watched a million videos and there's ways to kind of, um, you know, trick it out a little bit. And so I'm, I'm learning to use it. I, I need a couple, um, I'm going to get a couple other little accessories to go with it, but I'm, I'm learning to do a really good job of steaming milk. And again, uh, Ben's uh, girlfriend works in a coffee shop, so she's going to show me some, some tips and tricks. And so anyways, I'm excited about that. Um, cause sometimes in the afternoon, I really want something fun, like a latte and obviously it's too expensive to go out for it. And so, so yeah, I'm, and I'm getting a little bit better. I think I need some, I got the already ground espresso beans from Trader Joe's, which I'd had before and they've been in the freezer for a while. So I think I can up the quality on the beans and that will help. Um, but yeah, so I'm now, I'm gonna be one of those people with their home espresso machines. <laughs> the other thing that I did is um, when my kids came home, it was like the Thursday before Christmas, I decided to take um, both Instagram and Facebook off my phone and tablet and just stay off social media for the, I think they were, you know, for the almost two weeks that they were going to be here. And, um, you know, I'm one of those people I have said, I've talked about it before. I've got a complicated relationship with social media, as do I figure probably a lot of you guys. I'm not a big poster anymore. I'm more of a lurker. I'm a, I'm a consumer of it. And um, I just didn't, I've decided I just don't like the way it makes me feel. I feel like everybody is trying to sell me something now. Where when I got onto Instagram, it was really about sharing um, and I just decided that I might've said this last episode that I just kind of feel like I was voluntarily watching commercials in my free time <laughs> where in my regular life, I go out of the way, you know, to not watch commercials. You know, we, we always buy the ad free versions of streaming and I listen to NPR and, and PBS and things like that. So I'm just like, what are you doing with your time here? But it was just a habit when I sat down and I was just, you know, had a free minute, I would just open it up and just scroll. And then, you know, before you know it, it's been 30 minutes or more. And so, so I thought I would just do it during Christmas, but I've kind of enjoyed it so much and I haven't really missed anything. And then what happened is I logged in from my computer just to check in if there were any DMs or things like that. And then I started scrolling a little bit and I was like, oh, I forgot about them. Like, oh, I would hate to never see anything from, and it's just, I just went down this, you know, FOMO rabbit hole. And I'm just like, stop, stop, stop. So um, I'm not deactivating or anything, but I think I'm really going to be spending less time in social media. And you know what? That's just meant that I have read more because when I pick up my phone now, I'm just like, well, there is nothing to do on this. Um, so I will pick up my tablet or my Kindle and, and start reading. And I've switched back over to reading on my Kindle versus reading on the Kindle app on my tablet, which the Kindle is good for a number of reasons. One is um, way less eye strain. I definitely deal with the eye strain from the tablet. And especially if I'm sitting outside and in California, you know, the sun is bright and I can come in after a lunchtime of reading on my tablet and my eyes are just whacked. And then obviously there's nothing else to do on the Kindle. Um, I can't go over and check the news or things like that. Um, I did um, like open up Pinterest one day out of desperation. And what was so funny is it started serving me up 
some of my own pens. And I was like, oh, I forgot I wrote that blog post. And it was kind of interesting to go down uh, memory lane back when I used to, to blog more. One of them was how to track your to-do list with um, this thing called a workflowy. And I was like, what is that? And this is a blog post I wrote. <laughs> and I clicked over to it. It was from like 2018. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, I remember that. that actually really is a good app. It's like a to-do list. It's, it's basically like an outlining, online outlining software. So it, it kind of, I, I think in terms of bullet points and sub bullet points and things like that. So I was like, oh, I should uh, check that out again. I have not, I use other things now, but it was, it was kind of fun. So anyways, um, that's kind of what's been going on since we last talked, but let's get into the, the podcast. But before we do that, I'd like to thank Aliso for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Aliso makes high quality irons and ironing accessories. Aliso Smart Irons are the only irons with an auto lift feature. By simply touching the handle, the iron lowers, ready to press an iron. Take your hand off and magically the iron lifts, preventing scorched fabrics and relieving stress on your shoulders and your wrists. The new Aliso M3 Pro Project Iron is tailor-made for quilting, sewing, crafting, all those things with the performance of a full-size iron in a sleek, compact design. I reviewed that iron last episode, episode 108. All of their irons come in multiple gorgeous colors to match your style. And let's not forget the amazing Aliso ironing accessories. Did you know they also make ironing board covers, wool mats that easily connect together to create larger ironing surfaces, but then they pack away super compactly. And they even have these amazing little um, carry bags for both their large and small irons. I will put a link in the show notes so you can check them all out. Thank you for Aliso for sponsoring this episode of the podcast and stay tuned because I'm going to be talking about an M3 Pro Project Iron giveaway sponsored by Aliso in the next section. All right, let's start talking about quilting. I'm finally getting going on a new project. So I've been talking um, about the fact that last year we redid two the two of our kids' bedrooms. We have three kids, but two bedrooms. And um, the room I'm podcasting in right now, I mean, all these rooms, they need stuff on the walls. And in California, I do not like to put like photos or anything, anything really framed over a bed because we have earthquakes and things fall down in earthquakes. So over our bed, I've got a quilt and I want, I want to just make a quilt. Thank you to uh, Tracy who sent me on the path of looking at, I think it's called, um, I've talked about in other episodes, Lisa Marie Quilts. She actually makes quilts, but I kind of stole one of her ideas, which is this ridges pattern. Um, and it's perfectly sized to go over a bed. The actual ridges pattern has this mountain range and then it is like uh, inverted upside down for the top half of the quilt. So I'm just making half of it. So it's just, it's a mountain range. And I've been thinking about, you know, just kind of kicking it around in my head about my fabric choices. So yesterday I finally went to my favorite quilt shop, my favorite in real life quilt shop called Super Buzzy. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes. They have an amazing online store as well. And this store is curated so, so beautifully. I know the owner, Kelly, a little bit, and um, I just, her taste is exquisite. It's very, it's a modern store. I think she started as an online store and she um, really specialized in Japanese fabrics, which she still has. But the reason I went to Super Buzzy is they have the full line of Kona solids. 
and and I almost didn't go completely solid. I played around with a lot of ideas. They even had these other, um, I don't know, I, I want to call them yarn dyed. You know, there's definitely a little bit of white thread in there, which gives you a little more texture. But um, so I go to Super Buzz yesterday and I made a mess at that store. <laughs> I have to tell you. So what I was looking for was a dark medium and light blue and then a gold and a golden yellow and those are going to be the, the the back mountains like the sun is shining on them. So it's it's like five fabrics, but I could not get the 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 gradient in the blue. I found I I settled on the the darkest one pretty quickly. I even had some inspiration photos of actual um, like how mountains look when they're, uh, when they kind of look like they're ripped out of construction paper, if you know what I mean, they're flattened out into color. So I kept checking that. So, um, I settled on the darker color. I had two lighter colors, but that middle color was really, um, just evading me. And we found several options that were a little lower contrast in some ways. I kind of regret not going that way, but I kind of wanted a little more higher contrast between them. Um, yeah, I may regret that a little bit. It's fine. I've made the decision. We went a little higher contrast. It's going to be fine. Um, need to stop thinking about it. <laughs> but um, the, I, fa I fell in love with this middle blue, but it was one of those things that um, it, it was a little too purple. It had a little too much red in it, and that is not at all what I was going for. And, and I just, but I was in love with this fabric, and I kept trying to make it work, and I kept walking around the store. And as soon as you really got into some natural light, you saw how much purpler that that blue was blue is just so all over the place um you know with the undertones so anyways um it took like an hour and a half and like at least the help of four other people in the shop <laughs> and a pile of discarded uh, bolts but i did it i did it i bought five fabrics <laughs> so anyways i come home and i look at the cutting instructions i mean when I when you buy this pattern and you just look at like the last page of the pattern where they're putting it together, you realize, oh my God, this is this is gonna be so easy because it's just um, many rows, but you know sometimes there's a half square triangle or a half rectangle triangle to you know to get that jagged um, mountain outline, right? A lot of half rectangles so that they're a little more subtle of a slope than a, a half. Uh, than a half square triangle. I thought, oh, this is going to be a piece of cake. Well, it's not exactly a piece of cake. So I started, first of all, I'm only making half the pattern. So the cutting, I did half the fabric, but it was generous, rounded up. And I'm really glad I did because the cutting's not so cut and dried because there's a lot of things where they're, you know, like you need three. Well, if I'm doing half, I can't do like one and a half of those. <laughs> and, and so I'm being again, generous. If they're, if I was supposed to cut three of something, I will cut two and I'm, I'm vaguely worried I'm going to run out of fabric. No problem. I know where to get more. But um, I sat down to do the half rectangles, which I'm now realizing I've never worked with a half rectangle unit and they are a little more complicated than I thought they would be. So the first thing I do is, I mean, I just sew it together. The, there's not too much hand holding in the pattern, although she does show you, you know, how to flip the two together. And then she has this little mysterious notation um, on the, would basically the, be the dog ears, the part that's hanging over. It says quarter inch, quarter inch. So I'm kind of playing with that and, you know, like trying to get it to overlap. And I'm just like, I'm not sure I'm doing this right. And it's important, it turns out, to get that placement correct, to really get sharp corners, um, you know, in, in your diagonals. And so then 
So I decided I was going to make a unit or two um, all the way through so that, you know, I knew that I was doing it correctly because I don't have a lot of extra fabric. So here's another thing I did not know. So first of all, I didn't know how tricky the, and I'll get back to this, the, the placement of the two triangles are relative to each other before you sew the quarter and seam. That's the first tricky part. The second tricky part is apparently you always have to trim a half rectangle unit because if you sew them correctly, your seam goes exactly corner to corner. Um, you know, and it, so it just, it looks like a perfect half rectangle, but guess what? When you sew it to something else, you're going to chop that point right off. It doesn't work. So you have to trim it so that you are leaving a little area for your quarter inch seam so that your point reaches exactly to the corner. So I, once I sort of, you know, realized this, I started looking at videos. So the first video I watched was Susie Quilts which I will give her a B on that. She explains the part, the trimming part really well to the point where I really understood because they were telling you like tape off your, you know, take a, 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 a ruler and tape off the size that you want to trim this to and then go in with like a pen, a dry erase marker and mark a quarter inch in from each corner. And I was just like, I don't know what this is about. Well, Susie explained that part beautifully. But when she was actually sewing the triangles together, she was like, oh, okay. And then I'm just going to go in here and mark the little, a little tick mark here, a quarter inch in. And then she just went and then, then it'll line up better. And I'm just like, I don't know what you're talking about. This is why I'm watching this. <laughs> where are you doing this little quarter inch mark a quarter inch from what and what are you lining it up with um so i had to keep looking somebody in the comments said the same thing about like what are you doing with that tick mark and someone tried to explain it i did not understand it there so i kept looking um i will link both of these tutorials in the show notes but i found another one i can't think of who it was and she just really explains it in almost excruciating detail um, because she had actually made a block that contained that unit on camera and realized when she sewed it all together that they were wrong and she realized she had trimmed them wrong. So she shows you exactly, okay, after you've cut, you've, got, you've cut your rectangle, you cut it on the diagonal, so now you have these two skinny triangles. And when you put them together, she explains, okay, you're going to measure along this edge and mark a quarter inch in. And then when she lays it down, she shows you exactly that quarter inch should line up right on the edge. You know, I, it's not going to make any sense for me to say it, but she explains exactly where those marks should line up. And then she goes on to explain exactly how to trim them. So um, that was like nine o'clock last night when I finally got that far and realized I need to make some practice units to make sure I really have down the marking and really most importantly, the trimming. And I guess the good news is, is that the sewing, I mean, I always like to be accurate, but you are trimming the heck out of these. So, um, you know, if it goes a little wonky on the edges, which it often does, it's really not that important because that will be trimmed off. So anyways, I was actually, um, once I realized, oh, you've never made a half rectangle unit, I was a little excited about learning this this new skill and really uh, understanding it. So that is where I'm at. I was using my um, Aliso Project Iron. I just put away my big iron for now because I'm just going to be dealing with units. And can I just tell you that I am so delighted <laughs> every time I use that and it has the light. It has like a little headlamp on it. And, you know, I just like the more light, the better. So I, I, I'm just constantly delighted every time I use that um, iron. And I'm telling you that 
except for the size, the footprint of it, it irons as well as a full-size iron, and it's got great steam, and so um, I'm really enjoying using that. So that's going to be my next project, um, and I'm finally um, on my way with it. I've, I've made uh, color decisions for better or worse, and we're moving forward, so that's wonderful. I still have those three other full quilt tops done, and I have the backs ready to go that I just need to get off to the quilter. And you know what's really stopping me there is they all do need a really good press before I send them. And, uh, you know, I just really haven't wanted to do that. Plus, you know, my sewing room was kind of a torn up during the holidays. So those will be my, like my January um, goals will be to get that done. And I will have this uh, Ridges quilt um, quilted by a long armor as well. And the inspiration photo I'm using has some amazing quilting on it. My husband even said, can you get that same pattern, quilting pattern? I'm like, I don't know, but we'll see. So I mentioned that Aliso is going to do a giveaway. So one lucky winner will win an M3 Pro Project Iron. Um, I said they come in multiple colors. Unfortunately, this is limited to just the U.S. because of shipping reasons, um, which I can absolutely understand. So thank you, Aliso, for that. So what I'll do in the show notes, I will do uh, probably like a raffle, raffle copter. Um, or comments. We'll see how I feel when I get to the show notes part of <laughs> this project. And I'll have everybody answer a question um, to be considered. And that question will be if you are a steam or no steam person when it comes to ironing and quilting. I used to be a no steam person. Um, and I have become more of a steam person, although you do have to be careful there to not um, stretch fabric. But, you know, water and heat really work. <laughs> really well to make things flat. Um, so steam or not a steam person, you can answer that to be entered in the um, giveaway for the Aliso M3 Pro Project Iron. In terms of other um, creative pursuits, um, I continued to work on the elementary wrap over Christmas break, but I started having issues with my left hand and wrist hurting and kind of having some muscle spasms and I was thinking it had something to do with knitting. I suspect that when I purl I, I don't have the greatest ergonomics there but um, so I stopped for you know for a while and then I woke up today and my wrist hurts and I'm so right-handed like you know I, I use my left for almost nothing which is why I suspected it had to be knitting. It's the only time I, I request anything from this hand. <laughs> But um, so yeah, I'm not sure. I just might not need to to back off of that for a while. The other thing that I haven't started, but I'm thinking about, I'll see if I can find a link if it's still going on. But over the break, Craftsy had this amazing deal um, of a dollar fifty one-time charge of one dollar and fifty cents to uh, get access to Craftsy Premium. So I I got four other people, three other people signed up on this. Um, to because it seemed like such a good deal including my daughter who um, got an ipad and an apple pencil for christmas and and she's doing like a drawing class um through craftsy um it turns out i guess even if you are in craftsy premium you don't have access to everything which you would think because then they followed up for like six dollars for the year to go 
Craftsy Gold, which you have access to apparently more classes. So, you know, I own a number of Craftsy classes the way it used to work where you would just buy the class. And now it's more of a subscription service, although you can still buy classes. Um, and I think as Craftsy Premium, you can buy them at a discount. But I did it just because um, I thought there were just kind of some fun classes to take. For instance, there is a, um, they have these classes called Startup Library, which is just like learn how to, um, like our friend Krista Watson, she did the, the quilting startup library. There's one for knitting, one for crochet, and one for watercolor. And I've been, you know, kind of interested in watercolor for a while. I have some, um, and I've got some paper. I mean, I've, I've kind of got the stuff to start with, and I've never really gotten off the ground with it. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to take this watercolor class. So I did watch like the first four or five videos, the instructor's really good. And I realized that like, I don't know, everything I bought was wrong. <laughs> I'm not going to worry about it. She's very much into watercolors that come in a tube and not so much the ones you buy in a pan, but whatever. I'm not going to let that stop me. Um, but so that is one thing that I want to do is this year is I want to take that class. And if that's the only class I take from Craftsy, was it worth $1.50? Absolutely. What I've already watched is worth $1.50. But there's some other, there's some knitting ones, there's some cooking, um, some baking videos. So if it's still available, um, I, th I think it's a great thing to do. And you can get into your settings and turn off auto renewal or put a thing on your, you know, your calendar if you do not want it to automatically renew because it's normally like, I don't know, $120 a year. So, um, so that is one thing I'm kind of excited about is, uh, is getting a little bit into watercolors. Now, I want to make it very, very clear that I cannot draw. <laughs> so I don't have big ideas about doing watercolors that I'm going to hang on the wall. What I want to do is just really embrace this art form that I find really interesting and just be completely okay with being terrible at it. Um, and it's just a true hobby and... and one of the reasons I got interested in it initially is because it's, I think it's a really good way to play with color. And I have a couple books that are really just about that, like watercolor workbooks um, that are just really about playing with color. So I, I want to utilize that stuff this year. So I'm excited about that. Oh, the other thing I should talk about is um, over there on YouTube at Just Get It Done Quilts. I think her name's is it Deb over at Just Get It Done Quilts. She does this... Um, sewing room declutter every year in January and she's doing it again I did it last year I didn't do it exactly with her I, I did it a little later in January but I have to say that my sewing room is still in really good shape since then and I don't really need to do it again I, I could do a little straightening up but that's really it and um, so if you are feeling like a little overwhelmed in your space I again I'll put I'll make a note here I'll put a link in the show notes to that playlist um, that, and it's she does a great job the way she tackles it is is really in, in little bits um, so you don't get overwhelmed and your reward each time is to sew something. She actually has you as part of day one, kind of dig out your sewing machine and get it set up and find a project you want to work on so that when you're done going through all your magazines and books one day, then you can sit down and sew. Let's move on to books. I have read some good books and I'm reading some good books right now. I'm happy to report. 
I think I talked previously about this book that my daughter lent me called The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Um, It took me a while to get around to reading this one because it's an actual physical book and I don't really read those anymore, but it was actually very nice. It was a great book. It was such a fun story that I really want to find more Lucy Foley books, but I'm struggling on my e-reader to to well from the library to find them so i might have to resort to an actual physical book but the guest list is a mystery where um this uh this couple he's an, a famous actor and she is um she's just a successful businesswoman who has a very successful online magazine they are rich and beautiful and they are getting married on this um, little island in ireland that this other couple has um is, is has turned it sort of renovated and turned into a a an event venue and this is the first wedding they're going to hold here and um so people have to come in on boats over from the mainland and um so you follow the story through um you know through the perspective of different people and somebody you don't know who is killed right at the beginning of the book and then you just spend the rest of the book going through you know uh, the past and what's going on now with this handful of characters as you figure out who is dead and why and who did it and there are lots of fun twists and turns and it was it was really well written and um, I really enjoyed it as a matter of fact I was reflecting as I was reading on it like just that how much better written (laughs) how much less cheesy this book isn't cheesy at all but how uh, much less cheesy is than a lot of the little cozy mysteries that I read which again I really love and I'd really love that light reading but it's always nice to read another real page turner um, that is written really well. And I read that because I was off social media and I pick up my phone and go, well, this is, there's nothing to do here. Pick up a book. And I read it in a day and a half. I was done. I started at one morning. I was done before lunch the next day. I was like obsessed with it. So that was really fun. Um, and then I went back to a book that I had started, um, and really, I, I'm, I just do so much better when I'm monogamous with the book. So I went back to Esme Cahill Fails Spectacularly by Marie Bostwick. And I felt this one was a little bit of a slow starter, but I think it's because um, I, I was reading, you know, uh, more multiple books at once. Um, and so um, that wouldn't necessarily be the one I would choose to read when I sat down. But once it was my book, um, like this is the book I'm reading, I flew through it and... Um, so I felt like I had been unfair to it. So that one is really, um, it's fun. So Marie Bostwick, you know, she wrote the Cobbled Court series and, you know, all the quilting books back in the, I don't know, I don't know when. Was that in the early 2000s? Uh, maybe even the 90s? Probably the early 2000s. I love them. And she has gotten away from the the quilting novel and has uh, spread her ring, wings to other stories that almost always have somebody has somebody who is sewing in some fashion. Um, and that is true in this story as well. Um, that it features a young woman who um, is, works in the publishing industry in New York, and um, she goes back to where she was raised, um, which is in North Carolina on a lake, to um, where, where she was raised by her grandparents because one of her grandparents dies. And um, they own this like late lake resort um, kind of thing with like 
that sounds too fancy, but more like there's there's cabins and a cafe and you can rent a boat and, and things like that. But it's kind of going downhill as her um, grandparents are getting older. So she's, you know, goes there and she's going to, um, you know, she's lost her job. So she's going to kind of recalibrate there for a while. And um, what's interesting is her grandmother, um, she has uh, synesthesia, that very... <laughs> vague thing where for in in her case when her grandmother sees colors she tastes things you know like she'll look at something and she'll taste chocolate or, or something like that um, I'm this a little bit way in in the way that when numbers to me when I think of numbers um, they have colors and kind of personalities I know that sounds really weird but that really came into play big with me when I was learning my multiplication tables um, because I can see them and I even have um, you know like these vague ideas about the relationship between these numbers for times tables I know that's super weird nobody in my family really well that's true I've got a couple kids who are the same way about colors and numbers but we don't agree on what the colors are <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so she has synesthesia, and this kind of comes into play. And and this woman, the grandmother with synesthesia, um, she's a quilter and kind of a modern quilter ahead of her time, um, in the way that she plays with with color and how she's just really not cut out to be a conventional quilter. So, anyways, um, absolutely loved it, and um, I think you should go all go read it. <laughs> um, the I'm. In the middle, I just talked about being a monogamous reader, and I am not a monogamous reader. I have what what I have right now is is my preferred way, which is I have a book that I'm reading. It's usually an ebook, a book I'm listening to, and then a nonfiction book that I basically kind of like to read in the morning. So the book that I am reading is the Mother Daughter Murder Night. Not the just Mother Daughter Murder Night. I can't remember who wrote it right now. It'll be in the show notes. It was on my radar. Um, before and then my friend Patty mentioned that she read it and really enjoyed it so I'm about 60% through it as you can tell I'm an e-reader person 62% I believe and it is really fun so I'll have a more to talk about it next week when I've read it um, I, I yeah so I'll tell you more about it uh, next episode and I'm listening to Tom Lake which is the newest Ann Patchett do love Ann Patchett and I'm listening to that and it is narrated by Meryl Streep who is fantastic um, what's interesting about this um, is it it takes place during the pandemic and um, the main character the mom um, who, who I want to say is played by Meryl Streep but everyone is played by Meryl Streep um, she's an act well she was an actress when she was young and she is telling the story of this to her daughters um, she's got three daughters they're all home because of the pandemic which if that feels triggering to you it's just so very lightly mentioned it's just mostly um, she just talks about that you know that they're all home under the same roof because they're like it's like my kids ages if we had the pandemic now it's like 26 24 22 and they're all various stages of their life career college um, so anyways, so she is telling the story of how um, she was an actress in in her early 20s. And apparently she dated, as she, you know, that be, you know, because of the present that she abandoned that that course at some point. But she dated who was someone who became a very famous 
actor. And so that's why she's telling her kids the story. I'm sure more things happen than that, but that is where I'm at, completely loving that. The nonfiction fiction book that I'm reading is 4,000 Weeks. I think it's called Time Management for More for Mortals. And I've talked about this book before in that um, I didn't want to read it because it sounded so fatalistic to me. I don't want to be reminded that, you know, like at most you probably only have 4,000 weeks. Um, but um, my friend uh, Sherry McConnell from A Quilting Life and Francis from the Off Kilter Quilt, they both had read it and reassured me it is not like that. You should not be scared to read it. Just it's a really good book. So I am reading it in the morning. Um, I like to read a little nonfiction and it is really good. It is really good. It's not morbid at all. Um, and I did want to kind of give you a, a few highlights um, about it so far. I, I'm not I'm not done with it, but it really... Um, talks about, you know, being very clear about how you spend your time because it is limited and being focused on how you spend your time sometimes means it's, I mean, obviously we have to say no to things and saying no to things you don't want to do, um, is the first step in people like me, like a people pleaser, that's hard enough. (laughs) Um, But I think I am getting better at that. But you sometimes you have to say no to things you would really like to do because, they're taking up the time that you that you could be spending on something that you that's even more important that you want to do, if that makes sense. So, um, and, and that's where things get a little bit tricky. Um, another thing I'm really getting out of this is he's, he talks about distraction. And, um, and it, it was kind of timely because he talked about social media. And the, the, the reality is, is that we are all looking for ways to not feel our feelings. Um, so when I am at work or even not working and I pick up my phone for a few minutes, it's usually because I am, I'm a little frustrated. Um, I'm a little bored with what I'm doing. I'm task switching and feeling a little bit uncomfortable about, you know, how hard it's going to be to dive into the next project. Or I've just, I've got a few minutes before I, I don't know, as I'm waiting for the, the clothes to dry in the dryer. So I will just pick up my phone. So, and so we're, we're all chasing away the feelings that we just probably should just feel bored for a minute, just feel frustrated, you know, feel angry, feel happy, you know? Um, and I'm so, so guilty of that. And you can, um, the, the different ways of dealing with those feelings is, is social media is, um, eating when you're not hungry, you know, just getting up, going to the refrigerator instead of setting, settling down to the next, next task. So that is kind of a focus of mine this year is just like, feel the feelings and just, you know, name them. I'm feeling frustrated. This is why, is there anything I can do about it? No, you know, let me just, um, you know, walk, take a lap around the house and then sit down and dive in, you know, but it's the, it's the recognizing it. So that, that really, um, spoke to me. Um, he also talks about something called, radical incrementalism, which is the idea that little things add up to big things. And in my head, I know that's true. It's also something I sort of struggle with. In my younger days, I got into some debt because, you know, all those little purchases added up in a way that just, you know, kind of got out of control for me. Um, Same thing with, you know, those little calories can can add up. Um, But it also is uh, in a good way. You know, if you just sew for 15 minutes a day, you are going to make some incredible progress on a project. If you, um, you know, do 
five, you know, if you do a 30 second plank every day, it's, you know, you'll be up to a minute in no time, all those, you know, kinds of things. And I, one of the reasons I think that I struggle with really internalizing, though, of course, I know it, but I haven't internalized it is because I'm often not consistent enough for that little thing to add up to the big thing, because I give up on the little thing. And so that's the the thing that I also want to kind of work on this year. So those are just a few little little tidbits um, from 4,000 Weeks. I'm really enjoying. I'm glad. Thank you, friends, for pushing me towards that book and, and telling me not to be afraid of it. All right, let's move on to like movies and TV, um, because when we're all home during the holidays, there was some extra time for that. So let me hit the movies first. I'll go pretty quickly through these because I feel like the time has passed. I think I've talked in the past that I'm not really a Christmas movie person, so I was looking... I kind of wanted to do Christmas movie, but I just can't really handle the really cheesy ones. So we watched two that were pretty good, and this is too late for this year. <laughs> but let me just tell you that we watched one called Love Hard, which is a, a combination of love actually and die hard. Um, because these two people have um, ideas, you know, one person's favorite movie is, is Love Actually and one is Die Hard. And that was, it was, it was a fun, it wasn't your kind of typical um Christmas movie. The um, the main idea here is this um, girl on a dating app um, kind of really gets to know and fall for this guy. And um, he that lives across the country. And he, in a very offhanded way, said, oh, I wish we could spend Christmas together. So she hops on a plane and she goes to where he lives. And she finds out that she's been catfished. He is not at all um, the person. It, it, his name is, is not... Is not is it? No, I guess his name was the same, but the picture he was using, I mean, it was not, it really, that was it. The picture is not it really was his personality, but anyways, so she's really angry. Um, but for various reasons, she ends up staying and, um, and it's, it's very funny. So it was, it was, it was cute. So I would recommend that next year. And the other one was spirited and it had Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds. I'm, I love Ryan Reynolds. Um, and it was a musical and it was so cute. It was it was, in a way, kind of a a um, a retelling of a Christmas Carol, but in kind of a weird way. Um, and one of the fun things about it is the music was really good. Um, actually, spoiler in that the best song they say for the credits after the at the end, which we were all a little amazed at. But what was also one of the things that's kind of fun about it is that. Um, not everybody, you know, it had some big names. It had Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds and um, Octavia Spencer and other people I can't remember right now. And they all have these these um, numbers that they sing. And they're not great singers. I mean, they're hitting the notes, but, you know, they're not pros. And that, that somehow I found, found that very endearing. <laughs> so um, that was really cute. And we saw the Barbie movie theoretically, but I fell asleep and missed the whole middle of it. So I don't have a lot to say about it other than yes, I did enjoy it, but I really need to watch it again. All right. In terms of TV shows, um, there's been a few really good ones. The real standout to me is a show that my husband and I just finished. It's on Apple TV. Um, we had like a three month free trial on Apple TV and we really used the heck out of it. Um, and the last show we watched was called Slow Horses. And there are three seasons of it. It is starring um, Gary Oldman, who is just as unattractive of a human being as he could be in this role. 
<laughs> and um, Kristen Scott Thomas is, is in it as well. Those are the two names that I knew. But it, uh, it takes place in England. These are MI5 agents, which are like our FBI. MI6 is like the U.S.'s CIA, I believe. So they're MI5 agents. And um, there's a group of them uh, led by Gary Oldman in something they call Slough House. And Slough House is the department that you get put at if you have messed up. It's like a place to go for punishment. <laughs> and um, they don't get any of the good gigs. They're, they just like really get the awful work to do. Um, but they all are ready basically to, to do more. And um, so they get involved in some uh, investigations that they shouldn't be in and, uh, and you know, uncover some things that uh, people are not happy that they uncovered. So it's, uh, you know, definitely one of those sort of police dramas. And it's funny because my husband really liked it. And I'm like, oh, well, maybe you would like some of this British TV that I like, because this is like, in some ways, very much like Line of Duty. Um, if you ever watched that, I watched that a few years ago. But anyways, so it's called Slow Horses. Um, that's what they call the people at Slough House, Slow Horses. And um, so just really love that. So we kind of just binged three seasons. There's only like six episodes a season, I think. Um, and I know it's already, there is, I think season four is in the works and I saw that it has been renewed for season five. So anyways, definitely check that out. Um, I have recently, after I keep talking about it, finally started watching The Crown again. I lost traction with it. And I was trying to figure out why during season four, during the early Princess Diana years, and I think there were just some other things that I wanted to watch and then forgot about it. But also I think it's a slightly less interesting to me because this part of the story I already know. You know, I didn't really know a lot about when, you know, Queen Elizabeth, um, you know, when her father died and she became the queen and how she did not expect that to happen when it did. And that was all kind of news to me. I, you know, I lived through the Princess Diana years. <laughs> so, um, but I'm glad to be back to it. I'm now in like mid-season five. And this season is where um, they've changed actors. You know, every few seasons really every two seasons, I guess, they change, they age them up. And I, I just, again, have to comment on how amazing the casting is, especially the fact that they are changing actors as they go. But in the young Princess Diana, Prince Charles years, so I guess that's going to be seasons three and four. Um, I mean, Princess Diana is amazing. Prince Charles is amazing. He has got this, the way he he, he's got this bad posture thing where his head leans forward and he's kind of tilted and he's just kind of always talking at the ground and it's so good and you just hate him. <laughs> um, and Olivia Coleman as the queen is amazing. So now in, print, in season five and six, which will be the last one, we've got Imelda Staunton as the queen. She's so good. Um, what was her name from Harry Potter? Um, Professor Umbridge, <laughs> another great name. So anyway, she's great. Um, and the, the Princess Diana is really good. She's at her very skinniest here. The Charles is, what's his name? Like Dominic West. He is McNulty from The Wire. And I mean, he's very good, but he in some ways is just, he's too handsome to really be Prince Charles. I don't, and I'm not sure he's doing anything to nail the mannerisms of Prince Charles the way the guy that played him younger did. Um, 
But anyways, so absolutely enjoying that. So I'm in season five there. Um, I don't think I talked about, um, it's probably been over a month ago that we watched the, I believe it was on Netflix, um, All the Light We Cannot See based on the book. And I definitely read the book some number of years ago. Love the book. Um, about, I'm sure, I feel like you probably all have read it. <laughs> um, World War II, you, uh, the story involves two parallel stories, a little French blind girl and a little boy, they start when they're young, um, that is in Germany and um, becomes a Nazi soldier. And you've you know, you're following their parallel journeys and, you know, they're, they're going to overlap. And I, and, oh, and that had, the, the casting was really good there too. We've got uh, Mark Ruffalo as, as the little French girl's father. And um, what's his name? Donald, Su- not Donald Sutherland, not at all. The guy, uh, the guy that played House, Hugh Laurie. Um, he plays the uncle and what's really cool um so in all all you you cannot see there's the it's it it's you know they're like flashbacks to when she's little and then the, the current time and both actresses both the little girl and the current one are actually blind which was um very interesting the older one i had to look i'd heard that i looked it up she does not seem blind at all and i think she lost her sight sort of later in life um but I remembered so little about the book <laughs> that it was just like watching it, you know, the whole story from scratch. So that um, is definitely worth it. It's like what we back in the day would have called, been called uh, a miniseries. I think it's like three episodes. Um, so that was that was really good, too. Um, the last thing that we just finished, we just finished last night was another Netflix show called The Chair. Um, we started this with Chloe when she was here during Christmas. This is a, uh, a little half hour show starring um, Sandra O oh as an English professor at a little university that has um, just obtained the job of being department chair at this English department um, at this university. And she is struggling with it. All kinds of things happen beyond her control. Um, but also she has this group of like three really old professors that um, are just kind of not with the times and so their enrollments are low but they make the most money and she needs to cut costs and she's just trying to figure out she's just so in over her head Um, it was just one season I think again it was only like six episodes um, so it went quick and it there was not renewed for another season which is too bad Um, but it was definitely worth a watch all right let's uh transition here to uh the final segment which I think I just want to take a few minutes, this is already getting to be a long podcast, to talk about, you know, 2024 goals, because yes, I am that kind of person. Um, and during the the break, I had a good, like, solid 11 days off of work, which was amazing. And I took some time to, to do some journaling and to spend some time thinking about um, what went well in 2023, what were some highlights, and some things that didn't go well. Some of the highlights for me were, like, very travel-related uh, Um we, you know, did a trip to Sweden. We did a trip to Chicago. Um, I did my trip to QuiltCon in February. And so those were all big, big highlights of, of getting out into the world. Um, in, in the past two years, um, when I've thought about my, you know, kind of just did a whole brain dump of what are all the things you'd like to do? Um, and then I try to narrow those down into some like themes or categories and then come up with like a just 
three or four big goals that um, that I want to get done this year and then try to do something every you know week to kind of bring those things forward and that has worked really well for me I mean um, last year can I remember what they were you know sort of health related I wanted to lose some weight and find a strength training routine that worked I did one of those I found the strength training routine I wanted to get the kids bedrooms done um, and we did in a big way the only thing left is to get some decor on the walls which is rolling over but they're absolutely great usable rooms that were used to death over the holidays um, and so that was mission accomplished but I really want to finish these rooms off I'm podcasting in one of them right now which includes getting some stuff on the walls which you have a little bit but not enough and cleaning out the closets so though that that will be that those will roll over to this year um and my other thing was to um really uh get prepared from an emergency preparedness standpoint um get an extended pantry going and, and things like that and and i'm happy with where i ended on that so not too bad didn't lose the weight that i wanted to but i did accomplish a lot of the other things so um you know after much journaling and things you know i've come down to something that's in a way very similar again health wise the only thing you know i just want to keep doing activity wise exercise wise i could not be happier i'm doing a, a really good workout monday wednesday friday um on wednesdays i do this um class called melt which is a little kind of like a stretching foam rolling kind of class and and saturday's yoga those two classes which are included in the the membership that i have um i did not take full advantage of last year and i want to be better about this year um and then i took up pickleball and um so you know exercise wise i'm good <laughs> and if we get e-bikes i'll even be better so now it's just the food and you know so interesting so my activity went up a lot did not lose an ounce because of that so it's just especially at my age like the nutrition diet is everything with with losing weight you know i'm definitely stronger i even i did something the other day where i i I put my hand on my arm and was like surprised like oh my god that's a muscle right there (laughs) you know so i'm definitely stronger but uh you wouldn't know by looking at me anyways so i um on my ipad i created a trello board which is my favorite way to track um, projects. I use it for work and I don't use it at home so much, but I'm going to track my major um, things that I want to do this year on a Trello board. Um, so health-wise, this is going to be the year that I want to lose the weight. Um, and then there's things that I want to do for the house. I have this idea that, you know, um, before we retire, which I don't know when that's going to be in the next five to eight years, maybe, um, you know, I want to continue to work on the house every year from a maintenance standpoint. So things are in a really good place when we are not earning money. <laughs> so a couple years ago, we redid our bathroom. We redid these two kids rooms. Um, I'm tempted to do the Jack and Jill bathroom that joins these two rooms, but I'm going to push that one off to 2025 and just spend this year um, finishing off the kids' rooms and concentrating, and this is a much less ambitious goal, concentrating on our kitchen. And um, I we redid our kitchen like 20 years ago. I still think of it as the new kitchen. And, you know, it's starting to show its age. And we're not going to, like, put in new cabinets again or anything like that. They're just going to have to be a little, um, you know, worn. But... Um, I, there's some re- reorganization that I need to do. 
There's some um, just things interior, you know, inside the cabinets that need to be redone. I could use some new window coverings, you know, just like that, that space needs to be reorganized and spruced up. And that seems like a very doable thing this year. So, um, and I've got a list of some declutter spots. Like it's not declutter the whole house. It's like declutter the kids' closets, go declutter the the hall, the coat closet, just like smaller things like that. So that seems like so much easier than um, completely redo two entire bedrooms. And so health, house, and then creativity. I really felt that last year, I, you know, I was just not on my game with um, with sewing and knitting and and just not using my free time well. And I want to change that this year um, and really get into um, a routine of like after dinner, just, you know, saying, okay, you just need to go to your sewing room and you just need to get in there and do something for like 15 minutes. And that always ends up being, you know, an hour and a half, but I need to um, leave my sewing projects in a way that it's going to be easy to pick it up. We've talked about that before, that if when you um, complete a step, like you've just, you've done all the blocks. And then when you go back to your sewing room, then you have to go, okay, what's my next step? And it's a big one. Like I need to lay this whole quilt out or something like that. That can be a stumbling block. But if you leave that last block to sew right at your sewing machine, that's such an easy thing to get in there. And then you're into it and then you start laying out blocks. So I just, I need to uh, just get back into that practice of um, being creative every day. So those are my three big ones for the year. We'll see how I do. Um, I'm curious and I would love if you wanted to leave some comments um, in the, in the show notes, or if you are um, a member of the Simple Handmade Everyday Facebook group, um, just tell me, you know, what your thoughts are about 2024. Do you set goals? Um, and, and what are those, those goals, just personal, sewing wise, whatever you want to tell me. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. As always, you can find me online at my blog, Symbol Handmade Every Day, where you will find the show notes and links to everything that I talk about here. And that's where you will um, register for the giveaway for the Aliso Iron. I'm on Instagram at Kristen Esser. And consider joining the Simple Handmade Every Day private Facebook group so that we can keep the conversation going. And I encourage you to share your own stuff. That is your Facebook group. Share with each other and, um, and, you know, be a part of this wonderful community. Have a great week.